0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Closer to Midnight podcast. I hope you don't mind me turning this into an audio-only thing, but I feel like my voice is the most important here anyway, and this is the easiest and the fastest way to do this. Now this is going to be a bit difficult for me. You might have noticed I don't talk much about my private life, as opposed to the rest of YouTubers out there. First of all, I I just don't like it. And second of all, I don't want my private life to distract you from my art, from what I create. But I thought it would be ridiculous if, as an author of a mental health series, I wouldn't talk about my own mental health experiences. So, I suffer from social anxiety. I've been diagnosed a couple of months ago and I've been in therapy ever since. However, it took more than 10 years with social anxiety to finally do something about it. Now, before we jump into this, I just want to let you know that I'll be leaving time tags in the description and if you'd like to skip a certain portion of the video, you can do so by clicking on the tags. The topics I want to discuss today are number one, the video itself and why I chose a drama comedy over a classic depressing drama as I used to do in the past. Uh, Number two, a couple more examples of my social anxiety. Number three, how I came to realise it's not just shyness and what helped me decide to seek therapy. Number four, how therapy works and looks. Number five, the internet and social anxiety. And how come so many socially anxious people are so outgoing and active on the internet? Number six, insecurity about your looks is very different from social anxiety. Number seven, the notion that people who are considered attractive, successful, rich, Talented or famous are somehow immune to mental disorders. Number eight, some tips on how to cope with social anxiety. Number nine, being an artist with social anxiety. And number 10, online therapy. First of all, I gotta tell you, it doesn't really feel good when you open up, you tell the world you've got social anxiety and then the very same community that you've devoted the past two years of your life to trying to spread awareness about mental health, tells you you are faking it for attention. Now, as someone who used to experience social anxiety in most social situations, I have to admit I feel quite disappointed when I hear people accuse me of faking it. I used to be someone who couldn't even stand up in a film theatre to move a couple of rows up when I sat too close to the screen because I was so scared of people and of people looking at me. I used to be someone who could spend 10 minutes in a cubicle in a public bathroom waiting for other people to leave. Because I was too scared to use a tap in front of them, in case the tap was weird and I didn't know how to, thinking they would laugh at me. I used to be someone who had trouble keeping eye contact for more than two seconds. And it feels as though I'm somehow not entitled to suffer from a mental disorder. Um, but I'll get back to this topic later on. So, moving on to... Number 1. The video about social anxiety was made thanks to the financial support of some 150 people and a huge thank you, yet again, to each and every one of them. I was able to take my filmmaking to a whole new level, so thank you so much, once again. As for the style, I chose a comedy-drama for a particular reason. Now, my intention was not to ridicule the disorder, obviously. I was just tired of giving my films depressing and dramatic endings that will leave no hope. And when you've got social anxiety, it's a constant battle. You're terrified of people laughing at you and you're always laughing at yourself first so that no one else can do it before you do it. So it's like a... it's a defense mechanism. It's quite weird but the disorder itself is not very rational. So I had to make a choice. Combining these two just did not work, and as soon as I tried to make the film a bit more dramatic, the flow of the video was gone. And the truth is, these are tough choices, you know, for for a filmmaker or for an artist. I did not want anyone to feel left out. I know social anxiety can be mentally draining, and it's not all fun and games, it's not all colourful, you know. Actually, a lot of people who suffer from social anxiety suffer from depression as a result. But I did not, I did not suffer from depression even though my social anxiety was quite severe. So let's just keep in mind that experiences may vary, and. Therapy taught me I simply can't make everyone happy. But I gotta admit that releasing this was extremely stressful. So once I read that most of you were happy about the positive undertone, I was quite quite relieved. Now moving on to more social anxiety examples. I've already mentioned the theatre and public toilets and avoiding eye contact. Now I don't know if anyone else has this because I've never seen this online, I've never seen anyone talk about this online, but I always feel like a burden when I write or when I have to call people first. So I usually say something like, I'm sorry to bother you or I hope it's okay. And I say this 10 times in a row to make sure that the other person knows I don't want to be annoying. Now this is really weird. but it's why I rarely talk to people first. I just don't want to be annoying and I don't want them to think I'm needy. So let me know in the comments if any of you have the this very same weird little thing. And um, another example. So when I was in a room with a bunch of people, it used to be quite hard for me to just stand up and leave. Even when I had to go to the restroom really bad. And I kept... Imagining the most irrational scenarios of what could happen after I stood up and how everyone would suddenly look at me and think I'm stupid for no particular reason. I hate speaking English, especially when I'm with native speakers, because the idea of making the tiniest mistake always makes me extremely nervous to the point where I would sometimes stutter or I would not speak at all. Now, when there's a group of people standing together, I find it extremely hard to approach them, and I usually feel very awkward doing that, so I end up standing somewhere on the side alone, which is very awkward and uncomfortable as well. Um, I'm not a huge fan of going abroad because everything is new, and I'm terrified I might not know um, what to do, or how to use, I don't know, public transport, for example. And standing in an elevator with people was an armor as well. Asking someone in a shop if there's a different size available was not fun either. It, basically, you have to be perfect and you have to possess unlimited knowledge, otherwise people will think you're stupid and they will laugh. You know, there's nothing in between for a person with social anxiety. I'd say there are many more examples of my social anxiety, there's just not enough time to discuss them all, I'm afraid. But I've mentioned a lot of them in the social anxiety um, short film. And as you might have noticed, I keep using the past tense in some cases, and that's because my therapy sessions are working. And the funny part about this whole thing is that I don't think I would've realised it's not just shyness if I didn't start this whole mental health series thing. So, as I was reading your emails about your social anxiety experiences, I thought to myself, well, this sounds familiar, but my initial thought was, nah, I'm just shy, I'm not as bad. And then I took a break from the emails and came back to reading them after a month or two. And then it finally dawned on me. I was like, damn it, I have every single symptom these people are describing. So I decided to Google it, you know, just in case, and I stumbled upon cognitive behavioral therapy while doing so, and I decided it might be a good idea to let a psychiatrist be the one who decides whether it's social anxiety or just shyness. Now, once you realize it's, it's got a name, and it can be cured. I'm telling you, it's the most amazing feeling. So I was determined to do everything in my power to finally get rid of it. So the day I was supposed to see the psychiatrist, I kept thinking to myself, what are you doing? You're making things up exaggerating as usual, she will see through you and she'll think you're an idiot for coming there. And yeah, classic, always undermining myself. So I went into the office, I told her everything and I was extremely nervous, obviously, but she gave me a diagnosis and she said this was a classic case of social anxiety. And she prescribed some meds and told me that these are completely optional and that I should try cognitive behavioural therapy. So after I left the office, even though I had an official diagnosis, I started undermining myself, yet again trying to convince myself I was overreacting and I probably don't need any help, and I just have to live with it. And I was probably also scared of having to talk to a therapist about it, so I was doing everything in my power to avoid it. Now this meeting stressed me out to the point where I went into an anaphylactic shock of some sort and I get these attacks out of nowhere and I have to have an adrenaline shot with me at all times. Now my whole body turned red and everything was itchy and swollen, I had some blisters and troubles with breathing, you know, it wasn't fun and little did I know there was more to come. And brace yourselves, this is going to be a bit dramatic, but it felt terrifying at the time. So as I've said, I started doubting myself as soon as I stepped out the door of her office. But 15 minutes later, something happened that completely changed my mind. I was at Tesco's at a post office, standing in line, and I suddenly felt this excruciating conviction that something was physically wrong with me and in a matter of seconds I started feeling extremely unwell so I headed back to my car but by the time I managed to step out the door I started losing sight and I know this sounds dramatic but I really did and at the same time I could feel my mind was going and I started seeing these weird patches of grayish dark white noise and they wouldn't go away, they were just getting worse and worse and worse and the only thing I could think of was, okay, maybe my sugar blot levels went down because of the stress, maybe it's the anaphylaxis and I just need to sit down and drink some coke and have some sugar in my system and, you know, I was terrified of just sitting down in the middle of Tesco's and I was still losing consciousness and I kept seeing and hearing less and less and less. And I'm telling you guys, there is nothing more terrifying than gradually losing consciousness. I really thought I was dying there for a moment. Unfortunately, all of the benches were taken and my freaking social anxiety did not let me ask people to move because I was too scared of drawing any attention and I was just scared of speaking to strangers. And by the time I reached an empty bench, I pretty much didn't see anything at all, I lost my hearing, and I was just trying to make out my surroundings with my hands. So I managed to sit down, I think I might have drifted off for a couple of seconds there, and after a while my consciousness and sight started to come back, and I drank the coke, and. In that moment, I realised that if I don't seek mental help, if anything bad ever happens to me or someone else, I will probably die, and they will probably die, because I will be too scared to call an ambulance or ask for help. And that is how my adventure with therapy started, and I'm pretty sure everyone's got a different story. Mine is quite dramatic, I know. So, moving on to therapy itself. It varies depending on the country, so I'll just give you a general idea of what it might look like. Now, During the first two or three meetings, you'll try to pinpoint what might have caused your anxiety. A scheme it's based on in all the social situations that make you uneasy. Now, You might list all of them, deciding which ones are hardest to cope with, and you'll deconstruct each and every one of them, starting from the bottom from the mildest one, so to speak, and you'll work your way up until you're better. You'll get some homework assignments as well, and in short, you get rid of social anxiety by talking about it and then engaging in all the situations that make you feel stressed. Although, I think I might have oversimplified it, you know, there are many many steps along the way before you're ready to go out there and face your fears. Now, it's very important to remember everyone's got some social anxiety. There are very few people who don't experience any. I actually have a friend who doesn't. It's completely crazy, but she really doesn't have any social anxiety whatsoever. However, It's a defense mechanism, okay? So, like, some mild anxiety is acceptable. You can't expect to get rid of it completely because you're probably going to need it at one point in the future. So, therapy is not about changing into someone you're not. It's about realizing life's not black and white. There's so much in between and all of the mistakes you make, they are a part of that and you will never be able to avoid them. So, you might as well just let it slide. And as I've said, I'm better now, um, slowly but surely. And I think I should mention I've also tried medication and it worked nicely for me, but I didn't have enough money to go back since the psychiatrist's, um, visits were really expensive and I was just too scared to ask her for a bigger prescription so (laughs) that I wouldn't have to come back every month. Um... And yeah, I was obviously too scared because of my social anxiety, so I basically ended up stopping meds after a month or two. But if your social anxiety is severe, and it prevents you from leaving your house at all, I think meds might be a good start at, you know, they might be good at the beginning to help you take the first steps and just jumpstart the whole process. Now, moving on to the internet, I'm, I'm sure you'll find that... A lot of people with social anxiety are quite outspoken on the internet. Like, take me for example. I show my face, I share my thoughts, I share my work. If I had social anxiety, I should be too scared to do it, right? Wrong. Completely wrong. Now, the explanation for this is quite simple and obvious. On the internet, you can always read through your comments or captions 10 times before you actually post them. In most cases, you can delete whatever you shared, and you have all the time to come up with a witty response, and all the time in the world to Google some words in a different language and check whether you're not making any mistakes. Now, in real life, you can't take anything back. Once you make a mistake, there is no erasing it. Your responses and reactions have to be prompt and this is extremely stressful. So what happens when you try to avoid it in real life? You always go to the internet to compensate for what you lack in real life. Don't get me wrong, the person I seem to be online is who I really am when I'm among my friends and among people I feel comfortable with. So. My internet version is the real me when I don't get muffled by social anxiety. I did some outrageous non-social anxiety things um, in the real world, which I obviously won't discuss, but I did all of them um, with my very close friends, so it's not like I'm always this shy little girl. And living with social anxiety is just tiring, because you can't be yourself most of the time. You can't be spontaneous, you can't enjoy life without overthinking it. And a lot of people tell me I seem to be quite confident, but is it really that hard to be confident on the internet? This part is extremely important when trying to identify what's the underlying cause of your anxiety, there is a huge difference between feeling insecure about the way you look and social anxiety. I feel confident about the way I look, probably because I just don't care anymore. I'm, I'm 28 now and my priorities in life have changed quite a bit. Now, most of the time I don't even wear makeup, you know, just a pair of all jeans and a t-shirt, and I feel good about it, I feel good about myself. However, I freeze in some social situations, even when I've got flawless makeup on and the best outfit I could think of. My social anxiety is in no way connected to the way I look. So if someone posts selfies or i don't know lingerie pictures of themselves yes they can still have social anxiety social anxiety is mostly based in the real world where human interactions take place and this is very much connected to the um internet compensation i've mentioned before so like obviously for a lot of people social anxiety has many different levels. And I think that some people may be self-conscious to the point where they can't even post online. But it's not like that for everyone. Now, I have to admit, I don't really understand why people who are considered attractive, rich, successful, or talented are somehow denied the right to suffer from mental disorders. It's almost as though society thinks your life's perfect just because you're considered pretty or handsome. Let me tell you something about good looks. Yes, beauty does open doors. But it opens doors to paths you might not necessarily want to follow. Same way cancer can happen to anyone. Mental disorders can You never know what's inside someone's head. So never try to ignore them by brushing them off with a first world problems line, okay? And now, tips on how to cope. Go out and try therapy. Yeah, I know, I'm like a broken record. But this is the only way to fight it, to be quite honest. And therapy has been so good to me that the only thing I regret is that I didn't start it sooner. You know, I've seen many videos on YouTube about how to get rid of social anxiety and I don't want to be rude, I don't want to discredit anyone, but for me they are useless. First of all, everyone's different. We are scared of human interactions for different reasons. And second of all, when I hear someone telling me yo, you gotta get out of your comfort zone and get used to the things that make you nervous. I'm like, mate, I have been out of my comfort zone for the past 10 years and it's only been getting worse. So you can take your comfort zone and stick it up your ass. And the reason why it's called cognitive behavioral is because you need the cognitive part. However, there's something I've learned during my therapy which helps me cope in everyday life. Now, you should Google a list of cognitive distortions, not to be mistaken for cognitive biases, and try and see which of these you're falling victim to and try to come up with situations that match these distortions. And then you need to start practicing recognizing these in real life situations. You'll get better at it with time and once you start realizing you're making a mistake, you have to pin it down, you have to tell yourself. This is a cognitive distortion. I know which one it is. I need to stop. I know how this works. I know this scheme. It's irrational. Just let it slide. Stop trying to read people's minds or trying to predict the future, or seeing everything in black and white. You know, these are the three most common distortions, at least for me and my social anxiety. And the other tip. I know it's easier said than done, but try looking people in the eye. Um, Because when you look away, you can't see their face and your mind instantly tries to make up for it coming up with the worst scenario. So when you look at people, you realize they are not judging, they are not laughing, they are simply looking at you, waiting for your response. And last but not least, moving on to something that is very dear to me and this is art and social anxiety. Now I have to tell you a secret. I didn't go into therapy to improve my private life, I don't really care. I am an introvert anyway, so I love spending my time alone and I don't need that many people in my life. Now, I'm not going to discuss my love life since um, this is just too personal. Um, I'll just say that it's not as fun as you probably think it is. The reason why I decided I want to stick to therapy is art. Let me tell you, before I posted anything online, I used to get extremely stressed out. But even though I was terrified of judgment, the need to create and to share my art was still stronger than anything else. But I constantly live on the edge, far away from my comfort zone, and I know how it feels wanting to put your work out there, but... At the same time being scared of making the tiniest mistakes. And the fact that I am an obsessed perfectionist doesn't really help. Um, It's about knowing. Social anxiety is about knowing you have talent. But on the other hand, never feeling proud or satisfied with what you create. I know how many amazing ideas you had to put aside because you felt people would judge and laugh, because you were too scared and feeling like new challenges were too much for you and you'd surely make an idiot out of yourself in front of the group you're supposed to work with. Because it's so difficult to work when people are watching. For some time now, I knew I had talent, but whenever I thought of doing something bigger, you know, working on a real film set, for example, with people who knew what they were doing, with professionals, I always felt like I wasn't good enough. Not to mention, if you want to take your art further, you have to advertise, you have to sell yourself, you know, it's 2017, you just have to do it. And sometimes you have to move abroad, but how do you do all of that when you're too scared to say hi to a stranger? You know, I've wasted so many years because of this, and I know I would have been in a different place by now if it wasn't for my social anxiety. But I still have a dream, and the main reason why I'm in therapy is to make that dream a reality. So this is it, this is my social anxiety experience. If you've got any questions, feel free to leave them in the comments. And the last thing I want to share is better help. BetterHelp is an online therapy website, and they've reached out to me and asked me if I could talk to you about them and let you know that something um, like an online therapy exists. Now, if you've got severe social anxiety, or any other disorder for that matter, you know, any other disorder that keeps you locked away in your apartment, this might be... A really good way for you to cope with it, at least at the very beginning, and I know that making the first step can be hard sometimes, and um, if you want to try it, there's a link in the description, you know, feel free to take a look at it. And that is all for today, thank you so much for listening, and as always, I will see you in my next video. Bye!